Welcome everybody to Damage Radio. We're here live on my regular day. Reminds me of Marcy alongside my guest. Is he a great friend? Not only did I used to hang out with him every day, but also he's from the MFPW. One and only. It is nice to be back. It is nice to get my voice back out there. It's nice to just feel human again. Just starting to get back into being normal, maybe for once in my life. <laughs> so how's Vincent doing, most importantly? Um, you know, he's a bit dusty. He's dusty. He's uh, he's itchy. frustrated. Itchy is what is what I really sense the most. Is an itching, a scratching from like inside the skull, but I can only hear it. You know. So how has everything been, man? <laughs> you know, as usual, it's been a, a really weird, weird year. Not just for me though, but I, I think for everybody. Uh, this pandemic has made everybody a little stir crazy. I think uh, we've definitely had to look at ourselves through this past year. We've had to examine our own lives, what's important, what's not important, and uh, maybe trim the fat, you know, figure out who to be there, who doesn't need to be there, uh, which is a natural part of life. Now, for your job, you have to try to understand the mind and understand what people are going through. With the whole pandemic and also trying to understand yourself through all this, mm -hmm. how difficult was it? Uh, I think it's definitely been the not knowing that's been the most difficult, not knowing when, not knowing how or if we were going to make it through all this together. Uh, and then you know, mix in some social upheavals some different political issues and, and then you've got the perfect recipe for uh just anxiety and worry so for me and any other mental health professional i think we came into this just out of the out of the cold and, and right into the frying pan um luckily with uh with my occupation we were able to get telehealth started really quick so it, there wasn't really a, a loss in service with, with like the kids I work with. So I, I'm thankful that at least technology has given us the ability to connect and, and to still have some social construct. Right. So we know you as Dr. Carl Martin, but uh, others, you know, don't really know who you are, like, and what you do. Do you want to give a little, little summary of who you are and sure. what you do? Sure. Um, so currently, uh, I'm an outpatient therapist. Uh, I work mainly with kids uh, ranging from ages 5 to 18. Uh, so that's a lot of different perspectives that you have to have. you got to be able to look at things through different lenses to understand where's everyone coming from. You can't treat a 5-year-old the same as an 18-year-old. You can't talk to a 12-year-old uh with disrespect, you know, you gotta, you gotta still come down to their level and, and understand how they're thinking. So, I mean, that's always been one of my favorite things about the job, but without the body language, without the person to person 
feeling that empathy that you can get just from being in the same room with someone, um, it makes it difficult and it makes it frustrating. Uh, kids don't have the best attention span. So it, it's always a performance. It's a performance. <laughs> and you're working with Wi-Fi and the freezing yeah. of the computers and Ooh. everything. I, I could only imagine you went through all that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Getting the parents on board and not everybody has the luxury of technology. You know, there, there's definitely, uh, there's that, that gap where the has and the have nots. So luckily for the kids I was able to be there for, I think it, it made a difference and it helped me. It kept me on track. You know, you got to have a reason. So what, what's your reason for doing this profession? Hmm. I would say just trying to leave it a little bit better. A little bit better than, than how I got it. And it, I don't need to have, you know, a purpose or, or like, like an end result for me. It's just, I want to be happy. And if I can keep other people happy, that works. We're all suffering in some way, shape, or form. So, Is that what led to the character of Dr. Carl Martin? Definitely. Definitely. And it's something that uh, I worked with my wife on 10 years, an 10 year anniversary today of meeting her in Baltimore at a Volbeat concert. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, she, she helped me to kind of hone in on that. And it became this character from horror movies. Uh, you could look at Dr. Loomis from Halloween. Um, you could look at uh, another um, Brad Dorif, I believe. Yeah, he uh, he was in Alien Resurrection, uh, and he was kind of like a crazy scientist. And I just loved the way he talked. Uh, he's a great villain, and it, it I, I like the fact that you can be both sympathetic and scary. You know, right? And it, it it's interesting because it, it even carries across to the crowd. Like the kids love it. That was the most shocking thing starting out was like the kids loved the doctor and it was, I, I wasn't expecting it at all. And then we ended up having to really, you know, play to them. And that was fun. I like being able to play both sides of the coin, you know? Yeah. And uh, that match with Getty and Michelle, no holds barred. Yeah. You're, you were so deeply involved in that match where you're getting beat up by Getty, but yeah. you're trying to tell him, just come home. Yeah. Talk about the passion and emotion in that match that, that you remember to this day. Uh, I just remember thinking this is different. This is a different kind of story. I, I, I feel like the crowd was really in it. They wanted to, they wanted to see Getty come home. They, they didn't want him to be hurt. And, and I, I, connected with that too we we all do in this profession we all move on right it's so transitional so all these feelings are so easy to tap into if you know where to look for them you know it, because even even around these times where especially at a place like the factory you're going to have a lot of uh transition you're going to have a lot of people coming and going so it's it's emotional to start then you ramp up a whole story that, you know, Danny Cage really let us work through and tell the story. 
Um, and then you got the the factor of Michelle, where you know she's got her own evolution, uh, even now as a singles competitor, right? And I, I love that there's always a continuation, a growth. I think if you stay the same, you're gonna die. <laughs> right. Yeah. You say growth, the key word, uh, like you just mentioned, uh, ten year anniversary, and. Mm-hmm. I had to give a shout out to your amazing wife, Allison, and her, her skills, her photography, man. Yeah, thank you. How thank great you. that is and how it kind of goes with what you do in your character. It's deep. Like some of the mm-hmm. things that she finds. Can we talk a bit about that and give her a little plug? Absolutely. Uh, if you look her up on Allison, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N, Underland uh, Photography, then uh, you'll see a lot of her uh, pictures from around the Philadelphia area where she goes to graveyards um, and really finds the beauty in places that I think a lot of people think are, are sad. When in reality, cemeteries are meant to be celebrations uh, of the people before us. Uh, in the Victorian era, people used to have picnics. They used to be adorned like gardens. They were beautiful. And, and people spent time with their loved ones. Uh, nowadays, we, we might look at that as morbid. But again, I think that we're in an era now where people are trying to understand things like that. They, they are, are coming a little bit closer to the edge and looking down into the void and a little bit more curious. Uh, and I just think that it's at the perfect time. And she's got this eye for, for it that... She started on a cell phone, uh, you know, taking pictures uh, up to now. She's, she's been featured uh, in online uh, programs in, like, different historical places at uh, the um, Laurel Hill Cemetery. She was in uh, one of their large, uh, um, like, exposés. It was really cool. Uh, so it, it's just a matter of we have to instill passion in each other because I'm going to encourage her to go for that every bit as she's going to encourage me to go out there and chase my dreams in wrestling. So either neither one of you can fall if you have each other's back. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're over a year in this uh, pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. So how have you been handling everything? You mentioned a little bit at work. Let's talk about most importantly professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Not being there mm-hmm. around your brothers and sisters, how has that played with your mind? Yeah, that was that was my kind of safe space. It was where I was able to like take all my stress, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that a lot of those folks, they're, they're my family, and I miss them dearly because they help me uh, just as much. We help each other, and, and that's the hallmark of a good. Uh, organization, a good gym, um, is, is that I miss the people. I miss the people I work with. I miss the fans. I miss coming out. I miss those feelings. I miss the nervousness and the music and the frustration of not being able to find the right cord to get the camera hooked up before Danny's going to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> and those are... So you're saying you might just mess up on purpose to hear him yell at you one more time. <laughs> Uh, me toy with other people's feelings how dare you rc damage (laughs) (laughs) 
That's amazing. Uh, and and you're right. I, I hope that soon, soon that I get to to be back there and uh, be back amongst my sisters and brethren, and uh, we can beat each other up again. Definitely. Now, um, you recently got into some acting, man. Uh, talk about your most recent opportunity on the show Lincoln, and uh, how that happened. How was the process, and uh, what was it like, man? Oh, it was it, really cool. It's a, it's another one of those situations where you just got to go for things, um, regardless of what you know you think might happen. Just go for it. Uh, I, it was a local company was doing a production. Uh, for a mini series about Lincoln, I, that's all I knew. Commented on a like Facebook post and sent them a picture, and they said, "Hey, come in and and read for this part." Uh, so I auditioned for a part of a guy that is completely bald, about five foot five, and, and rather rotund and old. Um, and I just read it as boisterously as I could, like just really hamming it up, and they they got a kick out of that. Uh, I figured I wasn't going to get that part, but then they called me back and invited me for uh, a part of Dr. Samuel Mudd, who was involved, uh, potentially, we don't know, in the plot to kill Lincoln. What happened was uh, Booth shoots Lincoln, jumps uh, onto the stage, breaking his leg and yelling, Six Semper Terranus, takes off on his horse, and then gets his leg mended by this doctor. Some people say the doctor knew, some didn't. Um, anyways, this series, uh, I come to find out, was it's on CNN. It's really, really cool. Divided We Stand. Um, narrated by Sterling Brown, who I've actually been a big fan of. I uh, don't know if you know the show Supernatural. Yes. Uh, yeah. So he was like the Blade character. Okay. Uh, in Supernatural, and uh, he ended up becoming a vampire. So it's just really funny that all of a sudden I find out, oh, cool, it's being narrated by him. I love these like one degree of separation kind of things, right? My goal is to be one degree separated from everybody. <laughs> nice. Uh, and it was just really cool to get that opportunity, and then boom, pandemic, right? So I, I'm everything gets delayed. Then we end up doing kind of like uh, it, we go through like the testing after everything finally gets safe. We have the means to at least do a, a test the week prior. Uh, and I've just pretty much stayed isolated the whole year, so it wasn't much of an issue. Um, and where was this located? This was all uh, right out here in, in Pennsylvania. Um, it was at an old farmstead uh, not too far from where I'm at in uh, like Roxborough. So it's, it's really, it, it was, it still has one of the only freestanding um, buildings built by slaves to still exist in this country. So it, it's a historical, uh, it's a, it's a historic site. Could um, you feel it when you're on there? It was definitely interesting, but there were so many people there. When you get there, it's a, it's it was a big production. I was not expecting it. Horses, the whole nine yards. They had a cool catering tent where they kept us all separated. Um, and then I did my part. I'm in maybe a total of a minute 
in this six episode mini series, <laughs> right? But hey, I like I also get to say I was in something that Conan O'Brien was in. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was one of the uh one of the like the commentators on it. Did you get to talk to him at all or No, oh no, he was never never anywhere near us. You know, he, like they filmed that stuff I assume somewhere else. Right. So what's next now? You got you uh, you, you, you bit the bug. So now what? Mhm. Yeah. Uh you know, coming out of the the pandemic, I I think the the world is my oyster to shuck. I'm going to get out there and see see what's available. Uh see where I fit in now, because I don't really know. It's a weird year with a lot of different companies doing a lot of different things. There's wrestling on five nights a week now, Monday through Friday, not including Saturday and Sunday, which usually have things now. Yes. Um, and, and there's just so much. I think it's going to be a boom as soon as it's safe to attend shows again, as soon as we get those numbers down everybody's going to be making money. And I think that's, that's the exciting thing that uh, we get to see a lot of opportunities for people that might never have gotten those opportunities. So you mentioned that uh, for the, for a long time in some companies, wrestlers were entertaining fans via the virtual screen Mm -hmm. as a performer Mm -hmm. in yourself. uh, How hard is it to put on a show without fans? I mean, like, We we've we've put shows in front of limited amounts of fans by accident, not necessarily. <laughs> and I, I, you can do that. You can do that. It's not the same amount of energy. So you've got folks doing this as a career, and they're really they're putting their their lives out there on the line to entertain. Um, I don't know if I agree with all the risks to be taken, uh, but. Again, not my career, not my companies. Uh, I can understand why some people can, and a lot of people seized some amazing opportunities uh, to recognize just a couple. You got the the Hurt Business. It was just phenomenal. Drew McIntyre carried that company, right? Uh, Edge, this was a perfect time to have somebody like that in there. Um, You've got you've got AEW that really stepped up and, and got to have that level playing field of production value versus production value, and they showed themselves to be just as capable. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, like this, the sky is the limit for all these companies, and like for you personally not being there has the drive and passion changed at all or has it just made it that much stronger it's changed it maybe it's changed it i i don't know yet i don't know what this is going to look like i don't i don't even know what it's going to feel like because i don't know what i'm capable of anymore i don't know if if i have a future in one way or another but i know that Maybe somebody will have something for me. Maybe where they need me, I don't know. But I do know that I have talent. I know that I am connected with many people that have talent. I think, given my record, I am one who likes to surprise and prove people wrong. Always been a theme in my life. And trying to write a good book 
that people would want to pick up when it's finished. Well, if you had a book, what would the name be of that book? Ooh. I hardly knew myself. No. <laughs> um, uh, I am Spock or I am not Spock. One of those. I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't even know what to title that. I, I would go along with something like, well, here we go. Because <laughs> New York bestseller, man, that's a title of the, of the decade. It, it's, it's, that's kind of been my theme. Um, I, I like that I have a lot of strange experiences. Uh, you know, I, I'm very outspoken. Um, if any of you follow me on social media at Dr. Carl Martin on Twitter, or uh, you know, just seek me out, Dr. C Gotcha on Instagram, um, I, I do get political at times. I do speak out. I do use my voice for what I believe in. Um, some people in this business will tell you, don't do that. And that's fine. That's good. Um, people that are looking to make a, a lot of money, people that are looking to climb a ladder, go for it. Go for it. You know. But me, I, I, I'm of the belief: uh, get to the end of this with integrity and, and with honor. Um, so I, I use my voice. I use my knowledge. Uh, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, all of a sudden, you're an expert on law enforcement." Well, yeah, I am. I had four years of law enforcement training in high school. You know, I'm certified in a lot of what these cops are. Uh, I've got EMT certifications. I, I have a lot of experience that not everybody has. <laughs> and you can back it up. Absolutely. Uh, and I love it. it, it's, it I, I think if you're not growing and you're not learning and you're not changing, you're losing. And for you and I, man, you and I had had a very great road uh, since the beginning. Um, you mm -hmm. coming on Damage Radio, being a part of Damage in the Monco Radio Studio, to yeah. um, us going to Comic-Cons together and going out of our element. Mm -hmm. And you just mm -hmm. screaming at the top of your lungs to get to <laughs> watch this. And then having people like just look at you. And to you and I going down to the East W Arena and... I don't want to say I don't want to say kidnapping, but throwing someone in our car and taking it this somewhere. That, and, we, uh, we did that individual a favor for their significant other's birthday, I believe. So that wasn't kidnapping at all, right? And, and <laughs> who, who knew that it would be someone like uh, could be on impact and all exactly. that later in right. life? You know, it's it's funny because you know, not going to mention names, but when you're in the presence of certain people. And you get a vibe from them and you see them work, you get that kind of it factor. And uh, you got to say, it. Uh, you know what? I'm, we haven't said anything bad. Uh, I'm going to say Trey Miguel. Is, he's, he's a great talent. He is independent, and I like that. Um, he's young and has a lot of upside. So great kid. And genuine. Yeah. Like, yep. he, he, he knew you were a worker right away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it, it was cool. Yeah, it was an interview. I just wish I knew more information before the interview. <laughs> but you live in there, right? Exactly. And that, that's another thing. Like, how many times did we screw up that night? And oh, yeah. you got to make mistakes. You got to make a, you know, uh, uh, an ASS out of yourself. Right. Every now and then. Who got front row seats? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, and, it was all about the experience. Right. We, we, you can't get anywhere if you don't try. Right. And, and, that's and a lot of. 
Oh, well, I, I, I'm glad that you could take that. <laughs> I, I am sometimes not the best influence, but I'm a fun influence. <laughs> Correct. And that was a fun night. Like you, you said, they're not going to let us in the front door. We are going to the back door. And we went to the back door. And yep. we knew people. And who got in? We got in. You got a network. Yeah. That's so, what, uh, and that's advice to anybody out there that's trying to get anywhere in this business. Network. Yeah. Meet people. Make friends. You know? Doesn't mean you have to be best friends, but at least be courteous with each other, for God's sakes. Right. Bring <laughs> gifts. Yeah, that, that's helpful. <laughs> so, uh, the MFPW started running shows again. Um, mm -hmm. We see uh, Royal Money stepping it up huge, not only in the gym with Shaheem Ali, but also now being the MFPW champion. And yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on, on him doing that? And we, we kind of teased it a little bit there, but when do you think we'll see the doctor back there? Um, Royal Money is, he's a guy that has nothing but upside. Um, he's a guy that I, I believe in. I, I buy into his hype and he is really trying to make himself a better man, a better person. And he's got all the tools. Um, he's learned a lot in these past few years and you can tell. Everywhere he goes, he, he commands a room, right? He's got a big personality. It's just a matter of that little bit of discipline that he's been learning, right? That maturity that comes with acceptance, right? With growth, with becoming a man. And, and that's something that, that you love to see. Um, and it's something that you get to see, again, in the environment like the Monster Factory, where we try to lift each other up. And I... I hope that in the future it's even better, right? You got guys like the Golden Era. Uh, I, I, it's talk about guys taking advantage of a digital age. You know, those guys are, are doing hilarious skits. The Golden Girls gimmick, man. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Absolutely. And, and they've even, they're in the ear of Kevin Kelly. Goldie, David Goldschmidt is in a feud with Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly hates him. I think Kevin Kelly might show up at the MFPW for a match against him one day just because Kevin Kelly hates David Goldschmidt. <laughs> Straight up, really? Like... Just hates him. Yeah. It was one of the first things that Kevin Kelly came in uh, to one of the factory uh, camps, and he just goes, just look at him. Ah, oh, God, you love to hate that guy, don't you? <laughs> Jeez. What a first great impression. <laughs> it was great. It was great. And Goldie's like, well, yeah, of course. You want to be me. <laughs> right. And now he's got two straps on him, you know? And yeah. Looking, they're looking like a superstar, a stud. You know? And, and that's a, another fun thing. I've seen, you know, it, it, just in my four years of uh, time really being active, I want to say, uh, always been a fan, always loved being around it, but then to take the dive and just go for it. Um, seeing him grow up and seeing, seeing somebody like Meany uh, just turn into this absolute mature professional wrestler, right? And, and I love to see that. And that's, I think that when you look at the, the crew that we've got, you, you look at the coaches that we have, 
you look at just the growth that even Danny has made personally. Uh, the And I, I think you can attest that all of us uh, within the factory circle, the, the, the you know, that the, the factory orbit almost, we've all grown in different ways. And it, it, it's, we've lost some along the way. Uh, and maybe people have found what they needed and moved on. But I always know that, that we're going to grow. This is something special. This, this feels like something special. You see a guy like Punishment, Martinez, on WrestleMania, Matt Riddle, Walking in there, you know, wanted to wear boots for his whole career. Yeah. You know, when he first started, he knew that's not what to do, though. He learned that from the factory, took it. He's in WrestleMania, you know, and it's that talent. It's that belief. And then that drive, I think it, it attracts certain people, Right. So it's just, it's wrestling is something, you know, the professional wrestling business is something that uh, I've never experienced in any other way, whether it be in the military, in college, in my personal life. The way that I've met people in professional wrestling has really enriched my life. And I think it, it I hope it does that for most. And well, that's I, why I always for, come back. That's yeah. why I always go there. And because I feel wanted. Yeah. Like I come there, I know I don't have to go hide in the corner. Right. Like I know, like, you know, people are genuine there and they look out for one another, which mm -hmm. is another reason why, not to only prove to myself, but to prove to you and everyone else mm -hmm. is why I did that camp. Right. Because right. I want to show people that I'm not just someone that's going to just coattail and get all these interviews and not earn my stripes. I want to show people that I love this business. And mm -hmm. I feel like I made it through that day. And, and it's it, it, exactly, it gives you insight. It gives you real understanding of what happens. Yep. You know, that the, those nerves that you felt leading up to your first bump, you're like, oh God, I'm about to do it. Your butt is clenched and you could create a diamond out of a piece of coal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, so running I, the ropes, piece of coal. running the ropes is what the hardest thing. Was yeah. for me, because you're you're not running, you're doing strides. Right. And when I almost went through that middle rope, <laughs> like thank God for Matt, you look at me, Kitchen and Porter, putting some nice music to it to make it look at least a little entertaining. You know, and those are the memories that you're gonna you're gonna cherish, you're gonna love because you got out of your comfort zone. Right. Again, putting you in a headlock. Yeah. Amazing. It's 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 all about getting out of your comfort zone. You can't. Do what you want to achieve yeah. unless you step out of it. Right. And hearing Danny's words. Yeah. Hearing Danny's <laughs> words saying, I'm afraid. I don't want you to hate this business when you're done this. Yeah. You know, and I said, no, I want to, I want to do this. I want to respect. I, I want to show you guys respect. Said, okay. I respect my, uh, my, my, my uh, guy that cuts the grass, but I don't, I don't go out there doing it for him. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. He said something, some one of those lines like that, you know, yeah. but yeah. You know, always be careful what you jump into because you don't want to, you don't want to have a dislike for it at the end of the day. Right. Like as, as a manager, you got to be able to do all the same things, but guess what? I'm a little bit older. I'm still very new. 
I consider myself very green four years in. I don't know anything and I'm excited to learn everything. Um, it's, it's a journey and, and don't look at it as like a start and a stop. Don't look at it as I have to do this. Just live it. Right. You know, eventually before you know it, it's 10 years in, right? Mm-hmm. Just like me and my wife. If I would have told you 10 years ago, you know, Crown Royal, me and my wife are going to have a really good night, you know, uh, and that would lead to 10 years of hard work, determination and personal growth and satisfaction. Uh, I wouldn't have known it, but hey, let's go for it. Right. Well, here so we go. What, right. <laughs> so what is one piece of advice that young Carl would give the crawl now? And vice versa. Hmm. Young Carl. <laughs> Young Carl. <laughs> Put your money away. <laughs> Put your wallet away. Go home. Stop it. Right. <laughs> but I think anybody would say that to their younger right. self. Right. Right. Now, how about how about Carl today? What would, what would he tell Young Carl? You mean like what would young Carl yell at me? Yeah. Uh, I think young Carl would say, get off your butt. You've got every opportunity of the world in front of your face. Why aren't you grinding 24 hours a day to get there? But then I would have to tell him, little one, little one, I get tired. If I burn out, I can't do nothing. So I think that I'm, I'm doing the right things. I'm pretty happy with, with my place and just excited to keep growing. Right. Right. Now, um, what's besides the fans and the guys and gals, what's another thing that you miss being away from the ring? Uh, just that, that emotion. I just love that emotion. I love being nervous. It's like, you know, the only way I can equate that, that entrance, right? Walking out and, and doing anything out in that ring is exciting. And it, it's, it, it reminds me every time of like jumping out of an airplane. You know, I, I've jumped out of airplanes and it feels a whole lot better to walk out that curtain. Yeah. It's a whole lot more intense and it's a lot of fun. Right. So it's been a little bit since we saw you. Mm-hmm. What Dr. Carl Martin's going to be showing up? Is it? Because it's never usually the same person. What is what's different that uh, you can give us a sneak peek of this Dr. Carl Martin? Is he even going to be a doctor? Well, I mean, he's always a doctor. He's at least played one on TV now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, I think that uh, I'm not sure. I'll be what they need me to be, even if they don't like it. Varsity blind. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, I mean, who knows what it, dude. I got going now. Uh, I don't think the bleach would stick too well. <laughs> the, gray, the, the, the gray guys? You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. So, um, you know, you're talking, what's um, one of the couple of the guys that you got, got your eye on right now at the Monster Factory? Uh, I know you're not there, but I know you're always watching. You know, it's it's... I, I'm going to keep my, my cards close to, to the chest with that. 
um, just because I don't want anybody getting any ideas. Right, um, right. I, I like to, to move my pieces around, but I, I think there's a plethora of talent there. You look at, again, uh, for some guys I didn't talk about, Max. Max Sterling just, dude, got his stuff where he wanted it, right? He looks great. Sammy Miami is just, uh, he he's stepping it up. And, and, you know, like you said, getting in there, because even even getting back there, you've got new coaches like uh, Missy Sampson, Missy. you know, and, and you've got uh, amazing guys uh, there to train with, you know, and, and always changing. Always, always changing. Uh, Ricky Reyes is a guy that came in and, and I think took some guys under his wing to really teach them uh, the way of the business, you know? Um, and I'm really glad that they got that. Hmm. But overall, who, who would I see as a future? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know, Cameron. I don't know, RC. Time will tell. Mm. Like I said, I'll be what they need me to be. Right. So when you do finally return, will you be returning to New England? Uh, you know, working down in Virginia, working in New England, uh, I, I want to go everywhere if it's possible. Uh, and when I've got... People that, that are from every major company now, um, whether it be AEW where Nicholas is taking wooden chair shots from Dustin Runnels, and boom, he's eating them, you know, chewing up Cody Rhodes. Who knows? Who knows where we'll show up? And the way Nicholas looks now is really, really similar to what we saw with one Dr. Carl Martin. That must make you feel good. I, I love knowing that I've had an impact, and I love knowing that I'd probably go with him in his head, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, either way, you know, once I feel like once you meet me, you're not really going to forget me whether you like it or not. <laughs> so just make up your mind now. <laughs> right. So do you still have thoughts of like New Japan and stuff like that? Everything. Everything, I, anything and everything. If they want me, if I can be useful, if they pay me, absolutely. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, pay me, I'll be there. Yep. Uh, but yeah, and even to be honest, I would probably do it for free. <laughs> right. Who knows? I've paid more than enough to get myself places. Exactly. Yep. So uh, let's talk a little bit about um, all elite wrestling. From the back-to-back mm -hmm. -back shows on YouTube with Elevation and Dark, to the additions mm -hmm. of Paul Wright, Christian Cage, Sting, and the younger talent, like you mentioned, like in Nicholas, uh, Darby Allen, the mm -hmm. acclaimed, um, mm -hmm. all those guys. What are your thoughts on AEW, man? There's, do, you, do you think they're still going strong? Uh, yeah, I, I love the experience they're giving guys. It sounds like everything backstage is just what it should be. Uh, it sounds like they just build each other up. You know, after seeing the way that the whole company rallied after the loss of Brody Lee, mm -hmm. you know, it's it, 
it showed you that this wasn't just going to be a company. This isn't just uh, uh, like uh, like a project for Tony Khan. I, I, I believe that they are trying to make a better place for wrestling. And I can't argue with that. Yeah. Now, what do you think of the dark and elevation putting over the younger talent? Kind of like awesome. has that kind of has that like WWF superstar kind of feel like mm-hmm. you know, a lot of enhancement talent putting over mm-hmm. the big names. Yeah. Yeah. And the big and, names and being on, the, on the YouTube shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we've already we've seen a lot of those guys that go through there at the factory. Yeah. <laughs> I've, you know, my, my little group of unstable has faced off against, I think half of the tag teams already there. Uh, Bear country. You've got Baron black there. Uh, Milk chocolate. Uh, It's, it's just a a wonderful roster of good people. Uh, You you keep seeing that they're making good choices with, with, with some of their folks. Right. Now, um, we recently saw AEW, Impact Wrestling, and New Japan uh, coming together. and The Forbidden Door! Yeah. <laughs> right. Something we saw similar in back in 2000, 2001 mm-hmm. uh, with the ECW, WCW, WWF invasion. Mm-hmm. What do these got three companies need to do differently to survive? and have a good partnership uh, let, let's not let the big stars sit at home collecting a paycheck <laughs> yeah that's a good start right yeah um which i think they've done i like seeing kenny omega over on impact i think don Callis has done a great job from the get-go if you look back it really started with jericho going to new japan right yeah. don Callis got involved in that and that's what really got the wheels turning um I think that's what injected a little bit of excitement in Jericho. Uh, it's, it's what, and it was really interesting because just to kind of be a fly on the wall for some of that stuff, right? Like bullet club, uh, all of that. It was just these crossovers. Everybody wants to see it be this living entity. Why does it have to be company, company, company where they pretend they don't exist? That's silly. Wrestling itself is a variety show. Variety is perfect because wrestling, if we've seen anything, is for everyone. So let's let's let products try things. Let's not bash them and bring them down because they tried something. Uh, It's I'd like to see something along the lines of a territory system again. Um, with the amount of gyms that we have now, you put maybe WrestlePro, Monster Factory, Nightmare Factory, uh, the 3D Academy, boom, you've got four companies right there that can work together. But again, it, it's a matter of those egos, which mm-hmm. seeing AEW put egos aside with some things gives you hope. Right. And the talent backstage teaching mm-hmm. them, like Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, mm-hmm. Billy Gunn, who's more mature now. And mm-hmm. the list goes on and on and on. Like these guys are taking them under the wing. Arn Anderson, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Dustin Rhodes, you're learning from all these great legends that all the time, 
like you said, on dark, on elevation, you're still seeing these bigger names. It's not, it's not like superstars or main event. Jack you know? Evans, you see. Right, right. You know, you've got these real journeymen and women, you know, coming into this company and, and really building it up. I, I love seeing it. And at the same time, uh, crossing over with other genres, which is essential. Mike Tyson, Shaquille O'Neal. Boom. I love seeing stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Now, one thing that has gotten a little uh, attention is the number of factions in mm. AEW. <laughs> We're like, I think, 12, 10 or 11, 10, 10 and 12. Does mm -hmm. that hurt the individual stars, in your opinion, to put themselves over? Or is factions okay right now from what you've seen in AEW? It's very New Japan, which I think lends itself... Uh, to not let as many guys get lost in the shuffle. Because if you look, the heads of these groups are the more experienced guys. You know, it's Eddie Kingston mm. leading some guys. Pop. That promo made him in AEW. You know, it's amazing. And that's the kind of opportunities you get. You can be one of those guys, a John Silver at the bottom of Dark Order, and boom! just because of who you are. So while I, I can agree that there are a lot of groups, uh, it helps some of these newer guys not get lost in the shuffle. You don't see somebody become a Bo Dallas, right? You don't see somebody just fall away. You can put them in a tag match, which, you know, sometimes I hate that about New Japan. Everything's a big number tag match, but right. it still helps to get some of these guys out there, get them looks, and then with shows like Elevation and Dark, again, uh, Tony Khan gets to really practice booking. And he's going to see these talents growing and changing. It helps with plug and play. Like, you know, WWE doesn't want stars to get bigger than the program itself because they want to be able to plug and play. Well, you could if you just had the right ranking system, right? Correct. So you've been in the business that you said for four years. Um, you've been to a, probably countless of seminars. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. What's your mindset going into seminars, and what has been one of your favorites so far that you got to uh, Seminars, uh, just shut up and listen. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest thing that I could say. Never question, like say, but uh, what they're saying. If somebody's asking you, for that flavor, give them that flavor that day. It shows real simple if you can follow instructions because all of these things are like a job interview. right? You show somebody, I can be a team player and learn really quick. You have more of an opportunity than somebody that comes in there with you know a million dollar body and a 10 cent brain. Right, yeah. So now being a manager, we, I ask these questions to everybody who's on my show, their dream match. Who would be your dream match that you would manage, and who would it be against? Hmm. I just want to manage against Paul Heyman. I want to, I want to make Paul Heyman's skin crawl. I want to make him feel really uncomfortable. I want to get real close up to him, like, in his ear, and I want to... I want to whisper something to him that makes his, his goose pimples. You know, I, I, I like the idea of going up against somebody else that I think would absolutely challenge me. 
And I would learn so, a ton from. Who would you manage then? Diverse. Hmm. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, I would love to see Nick. Nick okay. in there. Let's uh, use right, so Nick right now, Carl. Uh, cut a promo right now on Paul Heyman mm-hmm. and Roman Reigns with Nick in your with, with Nick right by your side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you both exactly where you wanted to be. Exactly where you've always meant to be. Always seeing this for yourself. But maybe not everybody saw it for you. And that, that is what the key here is because nobody sees it for us either. Mr. Paul E. Dangerously, starting from underneath the lights with a camera and a pen and a pad of paper and a big heart full of desire for money. It wasn't until you got a little bit older that you realized, oh, no, no, no. I don't get this money myself. I must go to someone else who can foster that money for me. Uh, Mr. Lesnar, a Mr. Tribal Chief, head of the table, Roman Reigns. No. No, Mr. Heyman, because he earned that. He earned that the hard way fighting. He earned that fighting his brothers for every spot at a table until they knew they couldn't take his seat. No, no, no. And here you come sneaking in there with yours. Well, I don't sneak and I stole nothing. And Mr. Camarado, (laughs) he is going to take that table and turn it into kindling. (laughs) I hope, I hope, sir, that you have your next ambulance to chase. Because we're bringing a hearse. Wow. That's that's what I got just off the collar. I don't know how long it was. (laughs) Dude, you're ready to go right now, man. (laughs) Anytime. Anytime, anywhere. So, I'd like to end this um, interview with a new segment we have called Q&A Time. Uh, we had two people actually um, come with questions for you. So we have one, Joe Hale asked, what was it like being on national TV? Ah, Joe Hale. Uh, first, shout out to Joe Hale. Uh, he is definitely one of the biggest fans at the MFPW. Um, he does live streams with a lot of folks. Uh, he does a great job of putting talent over sometimes better than they can put themselves over. So Joe, thank you for the question. And uh, being on national TV was it was a trip, you know. It was it was neat to to just see it. It's one of those funny things that you see yourself and you're like, oh, that's really what I look like. But for me, I wasn't so disgusted. I really liked what I saw, so I wouldn't mind seeing myself up there again or in some movies. You know, I'd love that. All right, and the next question comes from Click Click Boom the Bullet. Oh, our third Littman. What is your favorite horror movie? Ooh. (laughs) Uh, Again, if you follow me on social media, uh, I do talk about it whenever this is brought up. John Carpenter's The Thing uh, from 1982 uh, was originally like a box office flop thanks to E.T. 
stealing the hearts. Um, but really, it was the most brilliant horror movie uh, that not only was able to mess with the uh, imagination, but also just straight up share it, show you the most terrifying scenes, I think, still using practical effects. So I, hands down, Kurt Russell uh, and John Carpenter is the thing. Well, thank you to Joe and Bullet for uh, your great questions. And uh, Carl, first of all, I'd like to say thank you, not Absolutely. just for this interview. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your mentorship through life and professional wrestling. And uh, thanks just for believing in completely damaged, man. Well, that's the big thing. Like I said, you know, that gives me a little bit more clarity on that earlier question of what do I want? What do I want out of all this? And that's what I want. I want to develop that. I want all of us saying that to each other. I, I want men and women in this business to build each other up so we can have good, happy, plentiful lives. Right? Because that's what we all deserve. It's what we all want. So let's just do that for everybody now. Definitely. Well, Carl, thank you so much for your time tonight. I greatly so. appreciate it. And uh, Damage fans, remember... Don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MonkaRadio.com. On Co-Radio. Minds me. Thank you, Carl. Yeah. Completely damaged. Completely damaged.